There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 1st, 2010. Sorry for being a bit late there, but uh, RBN's running behind. And I should start off the show again as always by suggesting that the newcomers that come in, and there's lots coming all the time, should go right to cuttingthroughthematrix.com website and bookmark all the other sites I have up. Because, as I say, once in a while, I always repeat this a little bit at the beginning of the show, once in a while the big ones go down or I can't upload to them. And with these alternate sites, you can always get the latest shows for download for free. And there's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.com.net.us.ca. There's Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca. There's Alan Watt, sentient, sentinel.eu. Now, the last one is a European site. You can get all the same audios for download, but you can also get transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given over the past years and download those for prints up and choose from the various languages of Europe. Very good site. And I always mention, too, the tin can moment. It's where I rattle the tin can. You don't hear anything because there's nothing in it, but it's up to you to keep me going because you're the audience and I could be paid by advertisers and sponsors and so on, but I don't because... You kind of compromise in some some ways or some topics might come up that you can't really answer truthfully. The ads on the show that you hear are paid by the advertisers directly to RBN for the broadcast time. Pays for their staff and their board ops, their equipment and their bills, and the transmission of this particular show. So it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Scroll down, look at the books and so on I have for sale. And you can buy them by these methods. In the U.S., you can use personal checks to Canada. They're accepted, okay? You can also use international postal money orders from your post office in the U.S. Stress international. Don't come out with a green only. That's internal only. You can use cash. Uh, you can use Western Union, MoneyGram, or PayPal. Now, the PayPal says donates, but some people occasionally will want to pay through PayPal. Just send a separate email along with the PayPal uh, donation, and I'll get the order out to you. Outside the Americas, it's the same deal. You can use Western Union, MoneyGram, PayPal for ordering or donating, and you can also use cash. Cash comes through as well. For those who get the disburned and passed at meetings, of the shows I do on RBN here, 
you can always uh, get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estere, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. And last week I was going on about reality and showing you the differences between what you're told and what is actually happening and what is, as I say, what is, as opposed to the propaganda. And I'm sure most of you out there now in this audience are well aware that there are different realities broadcast to the general public and different levels of classes. Back with more after these messages. This is Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix. Last week I mentioned about the IPCC and how they're, they've been caught out in so many of their lies and that it doesn't matter because it's a political agenda for a brave new world. We've all to, to be taught to parrot all the slogans they have. They call it consensus building and, and all that kind of stuff and have all these organizations that are funded with trillions of bucks actually, and I mean trillions, all over the world to bring in a common culture in a socialist system where we obey, do what we're told to do, and they bring down the populations by their nice Fabian socialist means, which means they don't tell you. After all, they don't want... You wouldn't get many volunteers, I think. Not quite yet, anyway. Um, if you ask for people to come forward and just walk into an extermination booth, but uh, the way it's going, or become sterilized for that matter, but the way it's going, if they can depress us enough, I guess they'll have a lot more takers... So they do it what they call humanely, it's a humane fashion. In other words, you don't know you're being injected with diseases, you're being sterilized, it'll come down with cancers and all the rest of it. Um, you'll just think it's one of those things and it's your tough luck and the medical associations is taught that the new normal is that everybody gets cancer and that's how it's all taken. So every, including the professions, they also get their propaganda with every uh, class that gets churned out there to practice on the people in medical practice. So that's really uh, how it's done. Every layer has given its own propaganda, and it's so beautiful when you have standardized, centralized education in the professions. You can give them uh, across the world updates on on new theories at the same time and tell them, oh, this has always been normal. Everyone dies of cancer. They always have, and uh, and inoculations are good and all the rest of it. Everyone takes their indoctrination, and they go along with it too, even if, if it, what they've been taught defies what they're seeing in practice, because um, they eventually catch on to, wait a minute, I injected all these children uh, last month, and they have all these problems now with autism and this and that and the other, and eventually you start to clue in there's something wrong, and then you have a, a, a slight battle, I call it a slight battle with your conscience, uh, should I go along with the, the, the medical journal and say things okay, and keep my paycheck, or do I question? Well, if you question, you lose your license and you're out the door. That would be the right thing to do if you had any integrity at all. But these characters, of course, don't have any. That's why they go into these jobs now, not because they want to really help people. It's for the big bucks and the status, and that's really the, the idea of it. Same in academia, too. But um, 
I mentioned too, it wouldn't matter how many scandals broke out with the, the United Nations IPCC fake uh, propaganda arm for the climate change nonsense. Uh, but if you're up to your eyes or ears in snow, they'll still tell you it's global warming. And they are doing that now. They're, there's a whole bunch. See, they've, they've regrouped, you see, as they always do after uh, one of these big organizations is found out, especially the United Nations. And they come out with just a, a mass of denials and lies and, and tell you once again that all the scientists are, are, to, are in consensus with this. There's still massive consensus, they say, for global warming uh, over the long haul. And, and that's supposed to be good enough because, you see, everything is banked under the big plan, the Great World Order plan, on us believing this scam and start stopping using so much fuel, stopping heating yourself by various means. In fact, living in igloos would, would make them happier, I think, uh, and still tell you it's global warming as you're living in them. And we've all become very austere. When they say austerity is coming, they mean poverty. It's nice we're saying poverty. Uh, is coming to the, the the bulk of the populace, and now of course they're crushing the 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 old factory towns have been torn down, and the private homes that go with it in the suburbs because of urban sprawl. It's just too untidy. Then government step in, take over the land, and uh, flatten everything, sow grass, and then they sell it all again to big uh, big um, corporations because the corporations today want campus-sized organizations for themselves. That's happening all over the place. It has been actually for a long time. But what's a fallout as well from those who are taking all this propaganda seriously? It's, it's uh, scary what's really, really happening when we look at what's happening. As I say, there's... Um, Here's an article here, for instance, Mail Online. It says, Baby girl survives after being shot in the chest in parents' global warming suicide pact. That was the 1st of March, today, 2010. A seven-month-old baby girl survived three days alone with a bullet in her chest beside the bodies of her parents and toddler brother. Argentini's Francisco Lotero, 56, and Miriam Coletti, 23, shot their children before killing themselves after making an apparent suicide bid or pact after fears about global warming. In other words, you see, they're taking everything literally and seeing this and watching all the sci-fis, no doubt. They're just churning them out there with a devastated planet and barbarians roaming around. And they believe it all because they cannot get through their heads, you see, that they're being lied to on a grand scale by all these nice people on television. Uh, and it says here, um, their son Francisco too died instantly after being hit in the back, but their unnamed daughter cheated death after the bullet from her dad's handgun missed her vital organs. Paramedics rushed to her to the hospital covered in blood when police alerted by worried neighbors discovered the massacres three days later. The youngster is recovering in hospital in the town of Goya in the northern Argentine province of Corrientes, where the doctors say she's out of danger. Her parents say they feared the effects of global warming in a suicide note discovered by police. So that's probably one of many, and uh, that's leaked out because it came from another country, probably. Uh, but that sort of thing is happening all over the place. Remember, the oldest trick in the book is to terrify the public of a threat and then step in to save them all. But in the process, it's going to cost you to be saved, you see. Adolf Hitler did it. Uh, everyone's done it, the same sort of uh, tactic, all the totalitarian systems. And for those who don't really get it, you're under 
a totalitarian system. And you have been for quite some time now. And it should be obvious to all of you. It should really be obvious to all of you. I, I really hope that it is. But that's the sort of thing that fear drives people to when they really believe what they're being told. The future is hopeless, my God. Uh, we're amongst the bottom level of in poverty, so what chance do we have? Ya, dia, dia, dia. You see? And for those who still think they're free, and how it's getting, how bad it's getting now, with the police state, you know, there's not a movie out there that doesn't have these guys with the, the black uh, combat gear on, and the, the masks, and the, 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 I don't know if you notice these, uh, these helmets they wear are actually the old German helmets, only they're made in polymer, they're polymer uh, helmets. I hope you know that. There's an article on, I think, oh, 12 or 13 years ago, when one of the big wigs in the U.S., one of the guys that uh, was on the, the mainstream news and looked up to, had a little bit at the end, it was 60 minutes, at the end of 60 minutes, and uh, the guy showed you this helmet this, at the end. He says, do you realize that the U.S. government has looked around for the best helmet to give the most protection to the head? And after spending so many millions and millions and millions of dollars in different types, he said they came up with this, and he showed you the German one. He says that's what they modeled it on. They couldn't improve on it. So it's quite interesting to note that uh, uh, that's what they're really wearing, are German Nazi helmets. And the black outfits, you know, that black signifies death. The old blue uniforms of the cops, when they called them the thin blue line, meant that it's more above board. Justice had to at least be seen, at least the appearance of it had to be seen to be done, and they'd come and go with the general public. Now the black is, is for authoritarian only. That's the hangman. That's the, the guy who chops off the head. It means obey. It's meant to, to make you fearful, and it's working very well. We're living in fear now. Everyone's fearful. And if you, turn, if you get fearful and fearful, you turn to the government. I always tell you that those who are abused always turn to the abuser for help. And that's exactly the technique that is being used. Quite something. This article here, the Atlanta Journal, it says, I think it's AGIS, AGIC is .com, Atlanta. Uh, it says, four women, two of them well into middle age, were discussing funeral plans for a friend. An Atlanta police officer told them to move. It says, uh, three did, but one asked why. In answer to her question, Minnie Carey, then 61 years of age, was handcuffed, put in a police wagon, and taken to jail, where she was held for nine hours. The Citizen Review Board found that the Atlanta police officer, Brandy Dawson, had violated the APD policies and had falsely arrested Kerry. I don't know if you know these these young cops, you know, they, they live on all the, the, the violent movies that are out there. And, and they're into these movies where SWAT teams are storming places and so on, and it's a police state. They, they, and really, they act out in real life. That's We're all being trained by this, by the way. They're being trained to be more violent, and they act just the way they see the characters on TV act, like Rambos, and we're being taught to be more fearful and just obey. This, is, this woman says, I was blown away, Kerry told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'd heard about people in the community being harassed by the police. It really didn't shock me as much as it probably would have if I'd not have heard of people going to jail for no reason. I figured I was just another one. <laughs> but I had a right to ask why I had to move, she said. Well, she thought she did. Maybe that was in the old days. The Citizen Review Board, resurrected after two, 2006 fatal 
police shooting of a 92-year-old Catherine Johnson in her home. You know, another dangerous person, this 92-year-old woman. They just shot her. Uh, voted in a recent meeting to sustain Kerry's false arrest claim and the allegation that the officer had violated the department's arrest policies. This case will illustrate to the public how OPS, as Office of Professional Standards, responds to allegations of police misconduct. There have been some concerns that OPS had not sustained complaints, said Seth Kirschenbaum, an attorney uh, who is vice chairman of the board. So they, they investigate themselves, so this is their token to the public, to show you they're not always so bad, you know, and, they're, they're, and that their judgments can fall once in a blue moon uh, on the side of the, of the, the civilian, as we're called, that we're civilians, you see. Quite something, eh? How the world has changed, and they still say we're free. We'll be back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watch and we're cutting through the matrix. I was going to put a link up uh, on and do a story too about a, a woman who has political um, people backing her obviously who is having her own abortion done with one of the, the pills are you for 86 or whatever and she's doing it all on Facebook and Twitter as it happens and, and it's pretty gruesome I guess, I haven't looked into it because I've I'm not inclined to fall for the tricks they put in front of us. But uh, as I say, I won't put that link up. But just mentioning how degraded we're becoming and how it's being pushed from the top down. And this woman's particular site is, um, I think it's anti-theist. So that in itself tells you she's she's got a thing about religion and and the value of life and stuff like that. And she says, apparently, that... um, it's no, it's no big deal, really. It's not. It wasn't human anyway. Well, if your own child is not human, what, and you were one of these, you know, these uh, these babies in the womb, what they think? What are you? What are you? Huh? But this is to get publicity and to further um, get other folk to encourage to go along with that. You know, if people will do that kind of stuff, there's always certain people in the community who will catch on. Wow, I'll do that soon. I'll get my name out there and blah blah blah. And uh, they do the crazy things, you know, there's a lot of idiots out there, but um, that's what the big people rely upon is the idiots, or are the idiots, I should say. But this gets me back to what I've mentioned many times, is where Julian Huxley, who was the first CEO of UNESCO, the wonderful United Nations Educational Society, etc., um, to bring in a standardized socialist world where we're all obey, just like lovely, happy Chinese people, uh, and um, work, work like a, a commune, basically. He said that um, we must devalue life and bring it down from its pedestal as something special of human life. And they've been at that steadily for an awful long time, until a lot of people, of course, have taken the bait, and, and they do devalue life. And they truly believe all the propaganda. Oh, there's too many people. But they never stop to look at the immigration quotas and ask, well, why is governments doing this? If you're so overcrowded and there's no work, why would you be bringing in more and more and more and more and more? Eh? Well, that's the agenda to make it appear overcrowded because the big cities now, the super cities, have to be the only places on earth where the bulk of the ordinary folk are supposed to live until we all die off up to the year 2050 or so. That's the agenda right now. 
But this, uh, this stuff is getting pushed from different areas too. Here's an article here, and it's from the Daily Record in Scotland, in fact, February 26, and it says, Nurses bequeath skeletons to tourist attraction, a tourist attraction, to highlight shortage of bodies for trainee doctors. Now, to be honest with you, there's so many people die in hospital, and autopsies are done pretty well on all the elderly that go through there. I don't understand why there's a shortage, to be honest with you, for a start. And uh, it's actually law over there in Scotland that anyone who dies at home has to have an autopsy regardless uh, to satisfy the cops that there's no foul play, supposedly. That's the excuse for it. Personally, I think it's another money-making racket uh, myself because they know darn well what the elderly have been dying of. They've been on emptying pills for years for the same problems. But it says, Two National Health Service nurses have bequeathed their skeletons to a dungeon visitor attraction to highlight the shortage of bodies donated to medical science, they said today. I wonder if they'll plasticize them as well and hang up their loose flesh somewhere. Anyway, it says, Once they die, the bodies of Andrew and Janin uh, Leishman will go to Edinburgh University's Medical College which will pass the skeletons to Edinburgh Dungeon when it has finished with them. There they will go on show as exhibits in the macabre attraction. The couple who both work at Bowness Hospital near Falkirk said they agreed to the plan to help draw attention to the decline in the number of bodies donated for research and science. Mrs Leishman, 45, said, Being nurses, we are both very much aware of the problem, and we also wanted to do this to highlight the desperate shortage of organ donors. <laughs> Well, it's just us, China. They'll send you as much as you want. The prisons are full. We're also big fans of the dungeon, and the idea of joining their exhibits after death, their exhibition, quite appeals to us, they said. I wonder what they do for fun, these people. Mr. Leishman said their 18-year-old son and 6-year-old daughter think their parents are weird, but have accepted the plan. So they want to make a contribution after their death. Now, the thing is, too... um, this, here's what they say, you see. We've been to so many funerals, we find them to be soul-destroying affairs which we don't want to inflict on our families. In other words, let's all make it a big fun thing when we die. Death is fun, didn't you know that? Death is really fun. And uh, there's no dignity there at all. It's all just fun, you know, when you croak your last and all the rest of it. And so we should have a big party about it and, and just strip them and put their skeletons up for, or put the whole lot up and plasticize it and hang them on wires like that, those, those ridiculous Frankenstein touring shows that uh, are attracting a lot of weirdos, because that's all the only people who will go and see it. So that's what's happening in the world, and this is what's also getting pushed in mainline media. And these idiots here as well uh, are also going to pay for the flesh to be stripped after it's been autopsied and they've taken out what they want. Uh, they have to pay to have it stripped, uh, the skeleton cleaned, and then all the rest of it. So I guess we've got money to burn. Uh, literally. But anyway, that's that's the kind of world we're living in today, as we're dehumanized, dehumanized, and dehumanized. Now, <laughs> I wish people would truly study the history of socialism and the theories and the the beliefs that are pushed and rammed along with socialism is to be a con- to- totally controlled society by those who are fittest to rule them. Generally, academia and politicians and bureaucrats. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Talking about socialism and its policies and its mandates and all the rest of it. And you have to go into the histories of it to do with uh, depopulation was always on uh, first on their agenda. They, they always said that there's a, look at all the poor people, look at all the poor people. Because of that, they got all the working people behind them, not realizing that uh, the re- the, the, one of their solutions eventually, when they would rise and take over power, would be to eliminate the poor. Then you couldn't say there were too many poor people and too many uh, unemployed. That literally is their agenda. And that's what you see on the Soviet story when you hear one of the founders of the British Fabian Society uh, talk about it. Uh, um, you'll have to come to us, he says, and, dis- and say why we should allow you to live. In other words, what good are you to our system? You have to be of service in this new, brave new world. Service, service, service. That's why it brought us into service economies, and eventually we'll simply, simply be in service altogether. But... Part of it, too, was to remove parents and children and bring up children separate. In fact, they actually wanted initially to remove the children completely at birth from all parents. Uh, That's what Lord Bertrand Russell initially advocated until he tried these experimental schools to see if they could scientifically indoctrinate children from kindergarten onwards. And he found it's much more economically feasible to do it this way, let the parents pay for them, but the state will have their minds, and that has happened. That's why you've still got your children. But they still go ahead and take a lot of children away from their parents. This is from the Times, 24th of August, 2007. Children taken from parents and adopted to meet the ministry targets. That's the government targets. Uh, Record numbers of young children are being taken from their parents and adopted, sometimes unjustly, to meet government targets, it's claimed today. Each year, some 1,300 babies under a month old are placed in care before adoption, compared with 500 when the government came to power. BBC Radio's Fours Face the Facts claims today. Remember uh, that Labour or or Fabianism, that's what they are, by the way, uh, because both these prime ministers belong to the International Socialist, Socialist International, they call it, and they also belong to, um, I'm talking about Brown and, and Blair before him, members of the Fabian Society. If you look up the Fabian Society's membership list, you'll see their names on it. And so here they are, go along with their targets, because this is, this is what they do. Everything's done to targets. This is the program is told there are now more than 100 of cases of possible miscarriages of justice in which children have been forcibly or unjustly adopted. It's an awful lot more than that. It says that the number of parents in England who have lost their children, despite insufficient evidence that they were causing them harm, has reached record levels. One reason, according to social workers, is that they are under pressure to meet government adoption targets. Government adoption targets, in line with the ministers as a politician's policy for more children in care to be adopted. At the same time, it's claimed parents are not always given a proper chance to challenge adoptions because of the short time limit for appeals and the secrecy of the family court. So if you understand, there's not a normal court. There's a justice of the peace there. There's the children's aid advocates there. And they're all pals, probably all go to the same Eastern Star Lodge and all the rest of it. And, um, and it's a done deal. Lawyers say that hearings in private fuel parents' sense of injustice and can in some cases breed bad practice. Your parents aren't allowed in when they're all yapping together. 
so they, they don't get a chance to, to defend themselves against whatever's been said about them. Sarah Harmon, a family law solicitor, said, Secrecy breeds bad practice. It breeds suspicion. It feeds parents' sense of injustice when they have their children removed, that they're not able to talk about it. They're not able to air their grievances. Children have been removed from their families unjustly. There's no two ways about that. A social work manager with 25 years' experience in child protection added that parents had little chance of getting a hearing and overturning a decision made by the authorities. Get used to it, because that's what you hear from now on. You don't need names. Just the authorities, you see. The manager told the BBC people will find that their children have been removed and freed for adoption without them having had a proper chance to defend themselves and their families and their children. Some members of Parliament have also spoken out against the unfair adoption system and are campaigning for a public inquiry. Uh, well, they'll do that when they're in the opposite until they're in, but they'll carry on the same policies because I've never seen anything change in Britain. There's just one agenda, and it's been going on for a hundred years or more. And that's how it really, really is. And before I take a caller, um, there's one article here too. It's called Unmade in the USA, Death of Manufacturing in America, U.S. World, the Times, from the Times of India it came. If you look at the Times of India to see it. Sunday, February the 28th, 2010. It says here, uh, Gary Larson's eyes light up when he talks of the glory days of American manufacturing. A retired Boeing worker in the Seattle area, Larson is watching U.S. industry go into coma before his very eyes. His calloused hands fared out a floor shop manual from his working days that he said would have been proprietary knowledge till a decade ago. I'm not sure anyone cares now, he shrugs offering it for scrutiny of a bygone era. Another yellowing in-house journal he finished, he fishes out, had a picture of him on the cover. We took great pride in making things Larson size. Today's children can't make a thing, and they can't. They can't. They don't know what making things happens to be. The fact that he still has the printed handbooks in the electronic age years after he retired says something. Last week, Larson drove into Seattle looking for motor parts for a small bodies building at home. He likes to stay connected to reality not in the online social networking sense today's generation is familiar with. In fact, Larson does not own a cell phone and rarely goes on the computer. In his free time, he tinkers with his three autos in his garage and makes assorted G-Jaws. A few miles from his home, his old company Boeing still manufactures one of the rare few things that come with a Made in America sticker, big airplanes. But even that prowess is diminishing. More and more of the plane, including designing and manufacturing, are being outsourced. After a severe downturn in 9-11 years and a brief upswing, Boeing is in another nosedive with its much-vaulted 787 way behind schedule. Last week, the company announced 10,000 layoffs, and there was barely a ripple anywhere. Here are some numbers, something Americans are not very good at these days. Near 2,000, more than 17 million Americans were employed in manufacturing. By 2009, that number had dropped to fewer than 12 million. Basid had done the GATT Treaty. Every government worked on bringing through the GATT Treaty for years and years and years, just like they brought in the EU in secrecy. And, and they were setting China up to be the manufacturer for the whole planet. Long before that. And training them, by the way, in Canada, Britain, the US and elsewhere. For factories at that time they didn't have in China. They're all trained over here, all the engineers. And the financing was all done through the GATT Treaty from your countries with your tax money to transport all your factories over in China. 
That's how it was done. Your tax money transported them over. Your tax money paid them for 10 years for any losses they incurred until they were set up and functioning and bringing their proper profit. Under a treaty that most folk haven't even heard of because they're too busy watching sports and having fun. It says here, uh, in 2000, more than 1.3 million Americans built autos. In 2009, fewer than 674,000 remained. Similarly, nearly 700,000 Americans were employed making furniture. By 2009, that dropped to 390,000 because they were making down south of the border, Mexico Corridor. Clothes manufacturing jobs dropped two-thirds from 483,500 to 168,300. The first signs of the manufacturing demise appeared several years back when Levi Strauss, virtually America's clothiers for more than a century, shifted its last jeans manufacturing unit to Mexico. India is now a, ma- a major maker, uh, jeans maker. Uh, I watched our little documentary on that, and th- these characters are getting the jeans for 20 to 25 cents made over there, you know. And, and uh, as you say, in China, and India's not far behind. And then they sell you over here for whatever you, you, those that are silly enough pay for them. Around the same time, in a move that sounded like a death rattle to Scrabble Buffs, Hasbro, the company which made the game famous, outsourced manufacture of the ties, the tiles made of soft Vermont app, maple to China and Malaysia. Today, American stores and supermarkets are filled with foreign-made goods. That's all you see. In our eyes, visiting India, have a tough time finding made-in-America products for relatives. Well, as I say, that's the agenda. That was the agenda when the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs was carried out with the Star Chamber, who decided who would go where, and um, and they, they used the taxpayers' money. It's incredible. Every government that signed it uh, agreed to use the taxpayers' to up the plants, whole companies and firms and tooling and a whole lot, send it to China, rebuild it for them over there, and pay them, as I say, for 10 years until they started to show they were getting what they expected to for the right profits. They were taking all the jobs away by design. Why? Because it was time to bring the Western countries, and especially the U.S. and Canada, down and down fast. And suddenly everything was made in China. Everything was made in China. It was an agenda. Which tells you that China is not an enemy. You would not give your tooling and your dye ability to China if you needed to go to war with them one day. Believe you me, it would never happen. Never happen. Now there's um, Dave from Arizona on the line. Are you there, Dave? Hello, Dave. Uh, just... That bring up one point that you made about the lady who was arrested for asking why. Yeah. It's, it's literally to the point where you're told what to do, and you'll either do it or you'll be uh, reprimanded for it. Or you'll be tasered or shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it will come to that one day. If, if they allow you to, to, they're getting us trained now to be tasered in public for not immediately obeying whatever. And I'm not kidding about that. I'm not kidding. The speed is going. Um, the cop will be like Judge Dredd. He'll be the executioner as well. And that will become the norm. You know? Which is why they got to get rid of the Constitution, because if you have freedom of speech, obviously you can ask why. Exactly. Well, obviously they're telling you, too, that you don't even have freedom of speech. You're getting arrested for asking a simple question. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's 
It's just so out of control. Well, this is the agenda. Believe you me, it's far worse than this. Even this one here is far, far worse. And they have literally raised a generation who who look at winners and losers. That's what it's all about, winners and losers. And they've raised a generation who played video games. The heroes are the guys who win. The guys wearing, wearing all the black combat gear, the ninjas, with, with, with the, of the power. That's what they see. It's like joining the biggest gang in the world, and that's what they, they want to do. And that's what goes into the cops. And once you're in it, it's the same as the military. You're now a brother. You're part of the big gang. They'll all look after each other. And um, they become a, technically a law unto themselves. And they know that because uh, a few years ago in the U.S. and in Canada at the same time, uh, when they started using hollow point bullets, it was passed as okay to use hollow point bullets on citizens. It's banned in the UN, by the UN treaties. They can't use it in warfare against uh, other countries, but they can use them on their own citizens. Suddenly there was a spate of shootings, cop shootings, uh, killing uh, everybody because of all their targets because of the hollow points killed pretty well. They, they make an awful mess. And there was no outcry about it. There was no big hoopla. That was a message. It came out clear at the time that the cops have been given new orders now to just go ahead and basically do it. And that's what's been happening uh, for years now. Well, I mean, that's the mind control is that people will sell people out to be on top, to be a hero or to be rich or to be... Mm-hmm. They're basically just paying people to sell people out. Yes, you're right. They will, yeah. And it works, obviously. Yeah, it does work. And same with academia. Uh, you get a lot of people in academia who know what's right and wrong, but they go along with what is wrong, although it's politically correct because they're big paychecks in universities and um, their, their, their status and their tenures and all the rest of it. So uh, humanity, unfortunately, can prostitute itself very, very well for survival. And unfortunately, when there's tyrants in control, uh, then... Um, we're in big, big trouble. Big trouble because academia, big money, and big government is all working together on this. It's all part of the military-industrial complex, including, by the way, academia. Which uh, goes along with the dehumanizing through the movies and through the TV and all this. Yes, it is. Yep. I mean, it's, the movies are churning out now are so dehumanized uh, um, and, and, and so full of messages for the young. To, to copy, emulate. The old story was monkey see, monkey do. That's what children do. That's what they see. Uh, they'll copy it. And um, they keep showing you a future world where, yeah, there's lots of promiscuity and all the rest of it and violence, but the, the big guys always win. The toughest guys always win. And uh, don't worry about it. But uh, otherwise, you're, you'll be, you know, scraping for food and living in back alleys and, and all the rest of it as we go down the tubes. Uh, they expect uh, a world of violence because people are going to be crammed into these cities. Same experiment with the rats. The rats, at a certain number in a big cage, will be, treat each other cordially and have little rules. And once they get to a certain number of get too many crammed in, they start to bite each other. There's deviant behavior breaks out. It's the same with people. And they know this at the top. They know this. I've got articles here where the big boys have discussed it. And that's why they've given us basically the, the black um, armies of ninja boys with their armaments to take care of us as we're all put into these cities for the big, big takedown over many years. Well, they know it because they're going to make it happen. That's right. Yeah. That's agenda. That is agenda, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's just sad. I mean, because 
you know, I think back to when I was a kid, and I think, you know, it's, things seemed a lot easier and a lot better, and it's like was, you know, obviously it's just like in the last, I would say, 10 years, eight years, it has just really gone down. It's, it's on a roll, you see. It's all, of, all these organizations that work over the public uh, take orders from higher and higher authorities, and they don't do anything on their own. When they're given the word, don't worry, it's time to put up a notch and, and be a bit more hard on people. They just go ahead and do it. So they're, they're robots, basically, but once they get that authority, they'll put it into action uh, happily because they enjoy, you know, the power. But um, there's no doubt about it. It's been authorized from the very, very top all the way down. And there's very few policemen today um, ever reprimanded for very long. They might lay them off for a week or two after killing folk or whatever, or when the SWAT teams go in and kill the wrong people by mistake, which happens pretty often, uh, and they're zeal to get it done. They want to just kill folk, and, and they go into the wrong houses. Um, uh, but when they do their investigations by ex-cops who work in a, a ex-cop fraternity, uh, on cops, well, what do you expect to happen? They're not going to condemn their own. You know, they get off with it. They get off. What a statement that is to the rest of the police. Don't worry, we get off with it. <laughs> yeah, they're above the law. Yeah, yeah. This is the new law. This is the new law. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what's going to happen, Alan, is like, you know, I, I think you're in your 50s. I'm in my 40s. That when our generation goes, nobody's even going to remember how it was. They won't remember because we adapt so quickly uh, that's why they can even pull the cons with the climate change. Most Your life is short. It spins through by you. Most people have no memory of even four years ago what the weather was like, so they can easily pull it off. Back after these messages. Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, and there's Jeff from Massachusetts there. Are you there, Jeff? Hello, Jeff. Hello. Uh, yes, I'm right here. Yes. Now, now, as far as what's going on in America, this is my paranoid fantasy, and that is, a long time ago, the leaders of Russia, China, and the Middle East told our American leaders, look, we have you by the throat, we have enemy agents in your country, we can destroy your country through scalar weapons. We, your country's basically screwed, and, and, and you give up all your resources, you let us have carte blanche, you let us appoint our leaders into your office, do as you're told, and you get a, a perfectly good life. If you don't, you're screwed. And, and that's my paranoid fantasy on, on why all this cuckoo stuff is going on. And, 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 um, and, and I was just reading the, the Verona papers, yeah. which vindicated Joseph McCarthy, from um, when Joseph McCarthy had the blacklist on communist on communist infiltrators, the mm-hmm. Verona Papers adjudicated him practically. And yeah. and, uh, and and you know what? I, I have a book called "America Sold Out" by um, by Ray Hope, and and, and 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 in one of the chapters in the book, it talks about um, the the uh, the um, SP the uh, the uh, SPCA the um, the uh, SPCA. And, and they're being conditioned to kill people when the new world order finally arrives. When when martial law is called, uh, and 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 you know what, human beings are going to be exterminated like dogs. 
mm-hmm. and and it'll be and I believe it'll be done by foreign troops and and people from from these third world countries. They're mm-hmm. going to be running this country. There's no doubt. So we're going in. We're, the, the army is almost international as it is, and uh, it's, it's all directed. I don't know if people realize their armies are directed through the United Nations. Exactly. They have been for years. NATO goes through the United Nations. It's interesting when they set up NATO and they set up the UN with their director general in charge of their war making uh, facilities and so on. He was in, it's always to be a Russian, by the way. It's still the treaty yet. It's always to be a Russian who's in charge. He was in charge during the, the Korean War. The U.S. couldn't make a move without telling him what they were going to do. He then told the communist side. He also ran the Warsaw Pact countries. So they weren't just a referee at the United Nations. They had set up both NATO and its supposed opposition, the Warsaw Pact countries, to play this game together. And, and the big folk at the top, top know this. But they're also killing us, have been killing us off since the 50s through inoculations. I've got so much evidence here, I could spend weeks just going on that. But uh, it's the same thing with, with uh, China, not China, India and, and Africa. And Latin America has come up again about the free tetanus shots, uh, sterilizing all the women, aborting their children. Once again, and it, this, that first broke out when they first did that openly back in the early 90s. And they're still at it today. And the average idiot out there that goes for their shots today, whenever there's a, another uh, non-existent flu, don't believe for an instant that they're not going to do it for you as well. There's, there's, there's no difference between the peasant of China, India, Africa, or Peru, or Chile, and you, as far as the elite are concerned. Exactly. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know what? The founder of the United Nations was Alger Hiss, who was a communist, and he was listed in the Verona Papers. Well, he was also, he worked with it with a Canadian who worked with Lester B. Pearson, and the Canadian was Escott Reed. And he wrote about it in a book called The Canadian Diplomats at United Nations. They both drafted a prime minister who became the prime minister of Canada, Pearson, and uh, Escort Reid drafted it up with his, and, uh, and then Pearson afterwards became head of the UN for a while after he was prime minister. Thanks for calling. From Hamish, myself, and Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.